0: Now we should be playing R.E.M., losing your religion, for this next one, because it looks like as if um, the census, when it's broken down, particularly based on England and Wales, but what happens in England and Wales is very often reflected here with the uh, smaller population. But the latest uh, census uh, showing that the majority of those under the age of 40 are now saying they have no religion. I want to speak to David Smith from the, uh, basically his policy officer for the Evangelical. Alliance and obviously very interested in religion. Uh, David, good morning. Good morning, Frank. good Morning. Concerning figures for those who would see religion as central to their lives, and uh, indeed for, for the for the churches generally.
2: Yeah, what we've seen in the census figures in 2021, particularly in England and Wales, as you say, is definitely a fall in those who, who identify as Christian. 2001, that was 71% of the population. In 2021, 20 years later, that's down to 46%. What, what we've seen in Northern Ireland is slightly different. The figure is held quite high, with about 81% of people in Northern Ireland still saying they are Christian. Uh, that's it, about 42% Catholic, uh 37% Protestant. But we've definitely seen a rise in those who say that they have no religion. and. Uh, cards on the table uh, we, we we are not saying that eighty one percent of people in Northern Ireland are practicing Christians that they are going to church every week that they're reading their Bible that they uh, believe uh, you know the Christian theology and are in relationship with God um, I think there's other reasons why that's still very high in Northern Ireland as a, a socio cultural marker maybe compared to England and Wales.
0: What is the feedback in relation to non-Christian denominations, especially in England? How many people, for example, are claiming to be members of the Muslim faith, uh, to be uh, Jewish or uh, other faiths? I I don't have all those figures right in front of me, Frank, but I do know that in terms of the
2: Muslim faith, um, that's now uh, about 6.5% of the population in England and Wales, and that's up 44% from 2011 so some minority faiths are increasing uh, at the same time as some uh, Christian, as the Christian faith is decreasing in Northern Ireland. Um, the, the numbers of people who hold other faiths are about one percent of the population. Um, now that is still growing, as far as I understand, but it still remains uh, quite a quite a small uh, but important uh, number of people here.
0: Why do you think a growing number of people under forty? don't feel the need to practice and a lot of them don't feel the need to even say that they are religious at all. Is it? Is it the humanist message getting across? Is it simply people looking upon churches that have had a variety of of scandals in the past and saying, I don't want anything to do with those churches? Is it lack of leadership? Is it lack of flexibility? Why is it on a downward trajectory?
2: I think the figures have been going in this direction and I say Northern Ireland is something of an outlier in terms of cultural identification but the figures have been going in this direction for some time Uh, and I I think some of the things you've mentioned are are correct. I think as Christians, uh, as as Christian churches, um, we certainly need to, and there are lots of conversations going on about what is happening and, and why and I think there's some complex cultural reasons for that. I think there's um, an onus on, on Christian parents to be raising their children in the faith um, as well. So there's that kind of we would talk about discipleship and passing on the faith to the next generation. So there's questions about that. But You've raised moral scandals in the church, and I think I think that is important to own up and to say there's things that have happened in uh, and certainly in, in public conversation where the church needs to humbly say things happened that were not good, that were not um, matching up to what we preach and teach and say we believe, um, and you know cultural shifts. I, I do think um, in the age of distraction, of more isolation, of all kinds of things going on, um, that it is increasingly difficult for some people um, to to believe or to find faith or community in faith as well.
0: What about the whole term equality? Because that is such a common topic in this day and age, much more so maybe than 20 years ago. And people, especially younger people, will argue about the equality for gay people, the equality for women within a church setting. And it's easy to point to where there's a lack of equality. Well, again,
2: interesting, I think equality is a deeply Christian term. So uh, human rights, Tom Holland, the historian, has said human rights are are not objectively true. They they derive from some profoundly Christian theological principles. Uh, the atheist writer Harari Noval, um, he says that there are no human rights, no nations, no money, no gods, except in our collective human imagination. And so there's people who, who don't, the faith, recognize that and um, things like, like faith or or human rights or nationhoods, whatever it may be, they, they are saying from their perspective, these things only exist because um, we as human beings have sort of invented them. Now, the way I understand it is human rights come from a profoundly Christian understanding of the world, which says every single human being has dignity and value and worth. And that's where our notion of equality comes from. So, yes, there are. Differences in how we understand equality and um, how, and there's certainly questions about um, how we make people feel welcome and included and valued. But the, the actual notion of equality is a deeply Christian idea. Uh, and if you look in Western countries, that's where the conversation is at around equality. Uh, and equality is not even being talked about in some, some other nations where Christianity is not um, part of the conversation or the shaping roots of society.
0: But most people don't look into it in the depth that you do, in the way that you've described that. And young people will say, can a woman be a member of this church at the highest level? And they will discover, no, she can't. And they'll think, well, not really into that church. Or they will say, can a gay couple express uh, their love through marriage within the church? The answer is no. And they think, well, I'm not going to involve myself with that church because they are ostracizing groups and individuals in a way that wasn't recognised in the past, but that is clear, that is clearly defined now through, I suppose, the greater media that exists with social media and, indeed, with general conversation that's much louder than it would have Mm -hmm. been decades ago? Well,
2: I I think what we're certainly seeing is um, maybe the... the decline of nominalism so people have just went to church be that catholic and Protestant every week because that's what they that's what their family did that's what the minister and the priest told them they should do we're seeing that decline and we're seeing people coming to church because they 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 want to be there they're they're interested they're curious and i would say to any young person who doesn't uh, at the moment want to come to church um because of some of the reasons and objections that you've outlined there frank um to find out a bit more about faith and the roots and why Christians believe and practice maybe marriage in a very different way compared to the culture around us all of a sudden, or why um, they believe that uh, men and women are absolutely equal but may have different roles when it comes to uh, church. Um, And I would certainly encourage them to look into that um, for themselves because we live in an age that's increasingly uh, illiterate, I suppose, when it comes to religion and faith. In in many ways, and I don't mean that as an insult, I just mean we are not swimming in the water of faith in the same way that we, we maybe have been in the past.
0: And do you think people, especially younger people coming through today, aren't as easy to convince that there is a God at all? They believe, like humanists do, that they will lead their lives to the best that they possibly can. But when you breathe your final breath, that that is it. You've you're you're now undertaking a, a long sleep forever. There there is nothing after this. Is it much well, e- easier to convince young people of that, or are young people that is their default setting now, as opposed to the default setting that I would have grown up with, where there, where there is a god? Well, I think.
2: That I mean, that's one of the most profound questions you can ask, Frank. Um, And and I'm glad you asked it. In many ways, and there's so many, so many responses. I suppose what I would say is, I think we're seeing uh, lots of things happening at the moment: a crisis in mental health, in in relationships, in purpose, in connection and isolation and loneliness, um, poverty and justice issues across the world, around race, around sexuality, all kinds of things. I think the world that we live in is deeply shaped by Christianity, be that justice and or the healthcare system, or education, or charities, the arts, uh, government, and democracy. Most of the Western culture that we live in is deeply shaped by Christianity. I think if you if you reject the idea of a god, um, what what you are effectively saying is that there's there's nothing in this universe that, um, that gives us any sort of existential hope, or, or and, and that there's just blind, pitiless indifference that really we are we are here uh, to make the best of what we can while we're here, but there's no reason or purpose to your life beyond yourself. There's no worth that you have as an individual beyond your yourself as an organism, uh, beyond a squirrel or an ape. And, and I think the story of Christianity throughout thousands of years of scripture and, and zooming into individual stories right out to the big picture is of a God who made this world and loves his creation and has, gives us purpose and dignity and value and hope. And so I would encourage anyone, again, I, I'm not going to force or coerce anyone, that's not Christianity, but if you feel that there's something out there or feel hopelessness or despair, to, to at least look into the, these claims that Christ made, um, which I think bring hope and life and an invitation into becoming who you really, really are.
0: Okay, uh, David. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the program, David Smith from the Evangelical Alliance. And listening to that, uh, Boyd Slater, who's Northern Ireland uh, Humanist with the Northern Ireland Humanists. Uh, Boyd, good morning. Uh, he, Boyd is on line one, and I'm trying to get him on line four, which is a bit daft. Good morning, Boyd. Good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us on the the, the program. Uh, that word was used quite often by David towards the end of the conversation. And those who believe in God and those who live, live their lives to, I'm going to use the word hopefully, uh, get some form of eternal reward, are they're focused on hope. It's, it's hope that drives them, that after they lead the best life they possibly can here on earth, there is an eternal reward. So the suggestion is that you're going through your life with no hope, Boyd.
1: No, I, I, it's a, the complete opposite, really. I mean, I, I just don't believe in the eternal reward bit. I have a lot of purpose and meaning in my life. I, 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 and I, I believe that I try my best to do as much good as I can during my life. And I, I do that because this is the one life that I have and I want to leave Um this earth uh, in a better place than than when I came into it. So, but I don't do that for any eternal reward. Um, I think sometimes that feels a bit um, strange to me that you would only do good things for this eternal reward. So, you know, in that case, I I, I mean, I know lots and lots of non-religious people. I know lots of people who identify as being humanists. Um, But, you know, we we do an awful lot of work here. I mean, I, I heard David sort of talk over and over again about sort of the the idea that the society is built on all these Christian traditions he talked about the NHS so you know the NHS was founded by three non-religious people Um, you know the idea about uh, equality and human rights being these Christian ideas well again you know it's a universal declaration of human rights that really sort of put in these ideas of equality uh, and human rights in what, 1947, 1948. And that, that was done with lots of people of people of different faiths and different backgrounds and different beliefs. Uh, and really, if you look prior to that and what sort of Christians would call their type of equality, it was equality for Christians. Only. I mean, it wasn't equality for women. It was equality for Christian men, really. Um, and, and, and there's there's been great thinkers prior to that that have had sort of secular thoughts and thoughts about the rights of all, and that goes back to, you know, ancient Greek times, and you, and you can think of like many, many different sort of um, societies and philosophies that have thought about the rights of the individual and, and looked at it from a non-religious perspective, you know, you've got like Confucian in, in, in the East and other places. So, you know, these, these ideas, these non-religious sort of ideas and ideas about things like secularism and humanism have existed for a very long time. And in actual fact, when we think about secularism, secularism is something which many Christians and religious people also agree with and want to see an inclusive and diverse society. So, you know, what we see in terms of these numbers and figures is, is a real indication that, society now needs to accept that there are these non-religious viewpoints and also specifically in Northern Ireland lots of minority belief viewpoints that need to be included in things like the religious education curriculum. I mean that would be a a really big sort of policy area of ours right now. You know right now we have a a curriculum in Northern Ireland which is dominated by the four largest denominational faiths. There's very little inclusion for minority faith, so a little bit about Judaism and Islam. Uh, and there's nothing about those um, other major world religions or those people who have philosophical worldviews like myself, uh, like humanism.
0: Yes, and th- th- but that's what you're leading up to. You would like humanism to be on the curriculum in the religion oh, class yeah. where ch- where children are as encouraged to be humanists as they are to be Christians or Muslims. No, no,
1: I, I, not not encouraged.
0: This this is a
1: very important part to make. Um, as David, you know, David said about you know this idea of passing on faith, and and certainly there was some some evidence to show that when people, that people were asked the question when did you come to your religious belief, and the vast majority of people I think do that between the ages of one and three. So you see that a lot, you know, it's very easy to capture that idea of very young in people. And um, what we would say is you give skills to kids to be able to make those decisions for themselves. So you need to teach in a plural, um, objective and critical way. So that's not about telling children that, oh, you're a humanist or you're a Christian or you're a Jew or a Muslim or anything. It's about giving kids the skills to be able to think critically about these things and make those decisions for themselves. And I'm, I'm always happy for people to identify as they want to and how they have chosen for themselves. So allowing kids to to make those decisions for themselves is incredibly important to us as well. Um, But yes, it it would never be a case of going in and saying, you're a humanist, this is why you should be a humanist. We talk about things in terms of this is what we believe and this is why we believe these things. But ultimately, we believe in the freedom of religion and belief. So that means it doesn't matter how you know, tiny the, the population of Christian Christians become in Northern Ireland, they should always have their rights protected in terms of being able to practice their beliefs so long as they're not harming other people. Um but that that can be that can be um, quite difficult at the minute. I mean you spoke there to David about, you know, why maybe there's there's far more far less people attending church. Well I, I would agree with some of the points that you made that, you know, there's young people, the vast majority of young people are very accepting of things like same sex marriage um trans rights, women's rights. Um and, and, and people see that as a as a line of progress when we think about equality for all these minority groups and people who have been marginalized. And, and really, you know, and, and I say this specifically about the Evangelical Alliance and, and the organization David's speaking from, that, you know, they, they are still very much um uh, anti same sex marriage, um they're very sort of anti trans in their stance, um, they don't really support LGBT rights. So, you know, that's and that's a very important people a point to, to people today because the vast majority of us have LGBT friends, you know, family members, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so when we see those people being marginalized or treated differently or unequally to the rest of society, then, then you know, people are going to stand up and say something about this. And, you know, interestingly, I can remember having this conversation, I think when I was 15 or 16 with with uh, a couple of people who I knew we were elderly Catholics who had said their first sort of um, sort of move away from sort of trusting the church's word was when they uh, told them not to use contraception. So that was like 50 or 60 years ago, you know, these maybe not that long, but it was sort of 40 years ago that these people were being told not to use contraception and they were going, oh, is this, is this really what we should be doing? We should be making these decisions for ourselves when it comes to our... To our family life and you know, our sexual health and stuff like that and and then certainly you know if you look at the Republic of Ireland and they voted in favor of um of uh, reproductive rights for women you have to remember that, that that vote went forward because of a Catholic vote you know the vast majority of people in the Republic of Ireland identify as Catholic so therefore a lot of those people who voted in favor of reproductive rights would identify as being Catholics so you know, there's a there's a massive difference in, in terms of how church um, sort of structure and the the overall you know sort of uh, higher structure of the church feels about something compared to its congregation, uh, and I, I would say that's probably typical of right across the board. You know, the, the churches are feel to me at least to be uh, out of touch with their congregations and certainly I hear that feedback at times as well.
0: And just finally on the congregation, do- does it please you as a humanist that less and less people are going into the church building?
1: Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't, it's not, it's not, it doesn't
0: please me that less and
1: less people are, are going into a church building, especially if that's somewhere where they find solace or they find community. You know, that's, that's, that's the important thing. I think for me that people do have a sense of community, and they do have a sense of connection. I, I, I completely agree with David on that, and, you know, and that's, that's very important for us as individuals. But I think that there are lots and lots of things that people can now find connection with. For example, we have a, a secular brunch that we run once a month on a Sunday in Belfast and one in Bangor, and people will come along to that. For well, me, what's it called,
0: a you know, secular brunch.
1: A Secular Brunch? Well, it's a humanist brunch, Oh, Secular you know, Brunch, the yeah, co- yeah. Yeah, it's a Causeway Cafe, second Sunday of each month from 11 a.m. It's just a social gathering. And what we found was there were lots of people, I, I think, maybe I've mentioned this before, but I, I would consider myself second-generation atheist, you know, um, but we found a lot of people who came along to that brunch came because they felt isolated when they left their church community and wanted that sense of community again. But you know there are lots and lots of ways that people find that today. You know you don't need to find it in a church. You don't need to find it in a in a group even like ourselves with a humanist group. You can find that in other areas like other sort of cultural areas. I, I know for me, you know, it's very important to, to 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 go and find my sort of group of people that like to listen to the same type of music together, and that that's that's a place that I find friendship and community as well. So we can find sort of friendship, community, and connection in lots and lots of different ways today. It doesn't have to just be um, in a church. And, and I guess, you know, for a lot of people, what they're thinking is, well, I can move away from this because this doesn't really fit with my line of thinking. Or, you know, I, I can't get on board with some of these ideas that maybe don't uh, feel completely on board with equality legislation. Uh, and and they move away from it. And, Some of them don't even think about it. It's just a case that it's just not part of their lives. I mean, one of the figures that um, uh, David and his team at the Evangelical Alliance um, released, I can't remember the exact figure, but it's either they they claim that only three or six percent of people who identify as Christian are actually practicing. So that's somebody who reads the Bible, goes to church once a month and prays. Um, So, you know, you're talking about tiny percentages of people. Who actually practice currently uh, in Northern Ireland or across the rest of the United Kingdom anyway. So, uh, but I I wouldn't begrudge people having that. I don't want it people to be sad because they don't have that, you know. Um, but but I but I think that there are lots and lots of ways that people can find connection in this day and age, and you know and 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 I hope people can sort of find that connection and reach out for it. And certainly we exist. And if you want to come along to our brunches or any of our events, you're always welcome to. And and the vast majority of things again that we do when we do our events are secular in nature. Everyone's welcome. Okay. You know I I enjoy having Baha'is and Muslims and Christians at our brunches as well. It makes for an interesting conversation. Um so everyone's welcome.
0: Okay, Uh, David, uh, or Boyd, rather, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Boyd Slater uh, with us here on the U105 phone-in from the Northern Ireland Humanists, and the David he was making reference to, David Smith from the Evangelical Alliance. I'm not sure about that percentage, and uh, indeed, uh, Boyd admitted he wasn't sure of the exact percentage figure uh, either. I would have thought it would have been higher, the number of people who would actually be practising, who would be going to church, who would be praying, who would be attending their service or their mass. I, I would have thought, especially here in Northern Ireland, it would be a higher Figure. But uh, this is the U105 phone in. Good morning to you. 02890 treble three 105. So, two differing perspectives on why, indeed, less people are into, for want of a better term, religion. The perspective of David Smith from the Evangelical Alliance and Boyd Slater from the Northern Ireland Humanists. Uh, your opinions, of course, the most important of all. You can let us know here on the U105 phone in.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.